Let me introduce you. Let me introduce you. Welcome, everybody, to Let Me Introduce You, the podcast where three friends from film school introduce each other to movies that at least two of them have never seen before. My name is Katie, and I am one of your hosts. My name is Graham. And my name is Ashley. And this week, we continue our series of spooky, scary movies. And... I'm very, very excited that I have introduced Graham. Mm-hmm. And not, Ashley, you've seen this one before, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm super excited to have introduced Graham to 1982's Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Graham literally just finished watching it like, a like few 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it is fresh. So it's fresh. It's fresh. It's very fresh. It's one of my all-time favorite ridiculous horror movies. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's ridiculous in several ways, but that's why I love it. I love that the special effects is super gory and over the top. It's got this ridiculous no sense romance. There's a supernatural premise. I like that we go away from the slasher genre. I'm not a huge slasher person. I just like the whole concept of people killing children on Halloween. I think it was fun. It's your brand, Katie. I know. <laughs> I know. I can't help it. I would just like to note that Katie is the only one out of the three of us who has never worked uh, with or for children. So. <laughs> That's, 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 that's quite true. true. That's quite true. I make stuff for kids, though. Sure, yeah. I, yeah, I make sure. kids' yeah. titles. Yeah. So it's also got one of my favorite songs. That Silver Shamrock song is a bop. Uh, uh-huh. they play you can't it, get it out of your head. They play it, I counted, 12 times. Graham, would you like to give us a quick synopsis of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch? Sure. Here we go. That's Here we a go. wild ride. So we begin with this man running from something. He, he's running from these men in suits. Don't really know what's going on with him. He ends up at a hospital where we meet our protagonist, this divorcee who's a drunk. And he's our doctor. He's our hero of the story. And this man at the hospital is clutching a Halloween mask and says, like, they're going to kill everybody. And he's like, what, 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 what the fuck? That night, that man is killed by a man in a suit and who then goes to the parking lot and explodes himself. And the doctor's like, what the fuck? And <laughs> we go to a week later, <laughs> the daughter of the man who died is like, I need to find out, figure out what happened to my dad. Like, what's going on? We find out that the dad was the owner of this maybe costume store and was at a place called Santa Mira for some reason. And they go to this place together, Santa Mira, California, which is a strange town that's like where everybody works at this particular factory where all these Halloween masks are being produced. And while they're there, they find out that this people somehow stole a piece of Stonehenge and (laughs) are putting tiny pieces of Stonehenge into all of these masks and selling them around the entire world with the intention of all the children wearing the masks at the same time and watching a commercial or watching something on TV, guised as a giveaway, 
And if they're all watching it and they hear the particular jingle, it triggers something in this chip inside their mask, which will kill the children and have creepy crawly things come out of their body and kill anybody nearby. We see a really gross scene where this is demonstrated with a child who was killed, which I was very surprised about. And... Yeah, it's a big deal to Yeah, kill and, and then you, you, you find out that they're doing this because they have to, like, do a sacrifice or something. And then our hero, the drunk, he then tries to go to a gas station to stop the TVs from playing this jingle, which are going to kill millions and millions of children and people around them. And he gets the commercial turned off two stations, and then there's one station still playing it. And the last seconds, you hear him say, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And it just keeps going, and then it just cuts to black, and you <gasps> don't know what happens. And that, was, that was great. That is, where are the witches? No <laughs> damn witches in this there movie. There. there were three. So there were three Halloween masks. Yes. And one of them is a witch. That's not what I wanted. I wanted witches. That doesn't make any sense. And like... How did the automatons come into this? So I was reading a bit. This movie has conspiracy theories, robots, ritual sacrifice, Stonehenge, witchcraft. Sex, that for I, some reason. Well, sex, but that's that's not a genre. <laughs> but, like, not really yes, satisfying-looking sex. <laughs> it was- oh, no. No. But it's got all of these different things that mean nothing to each other. They have zero connective tissue. And the writer and the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, said, it's just movie magic. Who knows? That's the answer to a lot of his questions. <laughs> like, because it's got an ambiguous ending. And yeah. so, of course, people are always going to ask, like, did Tom Atkins, you know, save the world or did he get it turned off of that third station? And he's like, don't know. So the big question also is if Stacey Nelkin, uh, who plays Ellie Grimbridge, was a robot all along, again, hmm. doesn't, doesn't know. I have no idea. Interesting. I mean, would so, you know if you were having sex with a robot? I don't know. They seem pretty lifelike. It's a lot of machinery. I'm very, I'm very impressed. <laughs> Scared? <laughs> impressed? It's well, like... The predecessor to the fleshlight? Maybe. When was a fleshlight Actually, created? Is this pre-fleshlight? <laughs> I don't 82. Know. Someone look it up. Well, Google. That, Google. That, <laughs> I just took this podcast that. in a very weird direction. <laughs> so, anyway, having sex with machinery. To... Let's talk about it. Well, <laughs> well, that grandma robot that is in the Silver Shamrock factory that's knitting, which is my personal favorite robot, Connell Cochran, who owns the Silver Shamrock factory, he was like, this one's from Germany, from like 17-whatever. So maybe that's when the first flashlight was invented. Yeah. Maybe that's are, you implying, are you implying that he was, he was having sex with that grandma robot? Maybe. He seemed very broken up when Tom Atkins hit her head off. Well, then now I'm more into this movie, because that adds a whole different dimension. <laughs> Can you just bring us back to, this is called Halloween 3. Yes. But previously, viewers were familiarized with 1 and 2 with Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis as an amazing, and I think, like, original Scream Queen. Tell us more. So, John Carpenter's 1978 horror film Halloween was, like, this massive, massive hit, especially because it was more or less one of the most profitable independent films ever made. It had a worldwide gross of, like, $70 million, and it was made for, like, thousands of dollars so you had michael myers in the first two movies and then john carpenter and the other producer producer deborah hill who 
we mentioned because she also produced Clue. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about her Coming before. Full circle. Yeah. They wanted to do something different. They wanted to do an anthology series. As far as they were concerned, by the end of Halloween 2, Michael Myers was dead and he was not coming back. So this film actually came out a year exactly after Halloween 2 in October of 1982. And it's the third film in what would go on to be 11 franchise films. Everybody knows Michael Myers, but nobody knows this one. It was a gigantic flop. Everyone went to the movie waiting to see Michael Myers. Graham, were you... I mean, I kind of spoiled that he wasn't in it for you, but... Before you had heard about this movie, did you think that Michael Myers, that like Halloween was like one ongoing story? Yes, like any other I, I, had heard, I had heard that there was one movie that was outside of the Michael Myers world. I didn't realize it was this one, but he does show up in it, y'all. He does show up in it. He does. Graham, where does he show he up? He shows up in a bar and it is the like a movie preview about Halloween, the movie. Yes. yes. So it's almost like this like meta in world thing but so yeah people always say like michael myers isn't in halloween 3 and yes if you want to be pedantic about it he's in that commercial also the stuntman dick warlock who played the shape or michael myers in halloween 2 also is one of the android assassins in this movie he's the one who rips the hobo's head off Ugh. which also which like- by the way is also one of my favorite effects because they it's it's uh, Dick Warlock and the this other android, and they rip the hopo's head off, and then there's this all blood splurt, splurting out, and then they stare at each other, and they had this moment, and all I could say was kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that would make it more interesting. <laughs> Ashley, you said you'd seen this movie before. Kind, do you remember like either the first time you saw it or what your overall impression was of it? Because I have a feeling Graham does not enjoy it. Just wait. <laughs> So I think I only saw it for the first time about a year ago, a year or two ago. I don't think I'd seen any of the Halloweens prior to starting to date Bob. And I just thought it was so fucking weird. I can't remember if they explained to me that it was supposed to be part of an anthology or if they were just like, it's Halloween three. We're watching it. You know, here we go. Like, at the beginning of the movie, even rewatching it, I was like, wait, why are these guys in suits possessed again? Like I'd forgotten they were automatons. And I was just like, it, it doesn't make any sense. And I don't understand. And how are these <laughs> even joined together? And man, that young girl is not a great actress. And like just so all this weird stuff. And I was bad. like, I just, I don't get it and i hate when i don't get things in movies because i'm like you're supposed to know what's going on you paid thousands of dollars to know well ashley <laughs> in your defense like, in your defense i don't think you're supposed to get anything with this movie i think you're just no, supposed to go on no that. nothing makes any sense whatsoever <laughs> and like were the effects supposed to be really good i mean i was I impressed them. by them but i was also like these are real. like you just kind of cracked a guy's face in half it was so and i mean maybe i should have been surprised that when a car slowly rolls into someone in the beginning squishes sort of squishes them that like maybe this can be weird but i just i mean yeah i I don't have words (laughs) i don't have words this film was just so confusing to me and just weird i'm very first of all on the special effects i love them i love them because they're so inventive. Like, you don't see... First of all, 
Special effects were done by Tom Berman, who also did 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Scrooge. Ooh. And he- oh, hell yes. Okay, I love so he, Scrooge. He improved over time. <laughs> <laughs> he also is responsible for the creation of Sloth from the Goonies. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Wow. And his first credit was on the first Planet of the Apes movie. So already love everything. But the thing that I like about these effects specifically, like they're kind of, some of them are kind of cheesy. I like that they're inventive. They're like inventive kills. When the guy in the hospital dies by having his nose bone broken out. Or when that lady in the tell room gets her mouth like exploded out and the bug. Oh my God, that was so wild. I don't see kills like that. It's not just like your regular like head cut off or your regular like face punched in or whatever these these were inventive which is one of the reason i think i like it so much especially the halloween mask with that with that kid dying it's memorable to me and it's something that i don't see anywhere else yeah i will say but. when her face got lasered off la- laser from, attacked yeah what, yeah what is it? from stonehenge 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 um <laughs> i will say i was impressed because I still believed that that could happen. Like, I was like, oh my God, that's so weird. But seeing the special effects, I was like, oh my God, that's really fucked up. Like, I didn't think like, oh my God, no, that's totally fake. I actually bought into it. And so, I mean, yeah, when the hobo's head gets like pulled off and all that's like yeah, yeah, ab- absurd. But in a, the point is absurdity, right? I think so. And it's funny, I was thinking about when, when we were going to talk about this, I was thinking about why I like this movie and what kind of horror movies I like. And I like the ones that are extremely gory but ridiculous and that I can laugh at them. And I don't, I don't know why that is. Because I was also ta- I was talking to someone about the difference between terror and horror. Mm. So terror is the moments leading up to the scare. So when you're afraid. And horror is the realization of whatever that moment is that you're living in. And so I was thinking where this movie lies, because it's not so much about building up that tension. That's more like something that like a James Wan movie does, where they build up that tension and release. This is more in the horror genre where you live and revel in those gross moments. So I don't know why I like the things that I do. I'm just glad that's what makes it you. (laughs) I really do like how you define the difference between the two, though, because I I'd never really thought about it that way. You know, just kind of conflating them, but really, I it to me it brings out like the beauty and the art of horror as a genre. Yeah, yeah. Like I know a lot of people don't like to give it a chance, Graham. Hey, I like I like a well-made movie. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's fair. This is not. I thought this movie was absolute garbage. I hated it. I hated it. I hated oh, so this movie. I hated everything about it. I didn't like a story that did not connect with me. I did not like the effects. I thought it was just batshit insane. I appreciated it, Katie. I appreciated it. That's okay. You can it, hate movies. But I was just like, afterwards, I was like, what in the world did I just watch? And now that lives with you forever. Like I actually thought that parts of it were really boring. Yeah, the it does kills, get a little. I was slow. like, okay. I thought it was interesting. The one kill you didn't see was the woman getting her head drilled in. Yeah, you're not going to show us that, but you're going to show like someone's face getting lasered off and. 
I think it was probably a budget probably. thing. I had that same thought yeah. when I was rewatching it. I was like, you're not going to show but the lab I, assistants. Like, I, I had a lot of problems with the main character. I just no. didn't care about him. Okay, so. But I don't think you were supposed to. Do you want to talk about Tom Atkins? I don't know. I feel like, being like I have nobody to root for. Like I don't really. Even the one child who was killed in it. I'm like, he was a oh, bitch. No, he's he was a, a little bastard. bastard. He's a bastard, yeah. <laughs> I felt that's ba- true. I felt badly for the parents who died because they seemed like nice people, and the woman getting lasered off because she lived in San Francisco. And I was like, "That's my girl." <laughs> <laughs> that's actually Tom Atkins. So the main character, Tom Atkins, plays Doctor Daniel Chalice, and uh, that was his wife, hmm. Garen Stevens, who plays Marge Goodman. They were married in real life at this time, although they would go on to divorce later. Is it because of this movie? Was it because it could of the be. awkward sex scene? Oh so let, that's that's honestly that's one of my f- like favorite parts of this because <clears throat> not the sex scene specifically the relationship you were between like, that Tom is Atkins. So hot. That is. Ew! No, it's the I, most disgusting thing. I, I will say this: Hellraiser formed the like, basis of all your fantasy. <laughs> like Katie, that <laughs> that whole sex scene came out of nowhere, and I was like, "Oh, this is." I, know. I was like, "Okay, I." I know. Yes, I know. Actually, it was one of my favorite parts of the movie because I was like, "This is out of control." But also accurate that like she was ready to go again, and he was just like, I know. "I know." I'm gonna be like, probably because you didn't satisfy her. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a fairly large age difference between them. He had a nice butt. So I rewatched it last night, and I looked away for the two seconds that his butt was on screen, and I was really mad that I missed his butt shot. But he's shaped like a giant rectangle. Well, you know what, Katie? It's COVID, and everyone's horny, and (laughs) I'll take anything. (laughs) What was it? It, it It's it's called, like, corny? Corny? That's what it's called, right? Corny. Oh, corny. Yeah, exactly. That's it. (laughs) So let's talk about... Tom Atkins and Stacy Nelkin. So Tom, like I said, Tom Atkins plays Daniel Chalice, although I'm never going to call him yeah, that. He's just always Tom. Tom He's been in a lot of John Carpenter movies before. He was in The Fog, where he was also in a relationship with a younger woman, Jamie Lee Curtis, who made the first move on him. So this is his second time. Wait, that was him? I've seen The Fog. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Fog is great. Yeah. Yep. He was also in Escape from New York. He was in Night of the Creeps. He was in Creep Show. So John Carpenter used a lot of the same shooting locations and a lot of the same actors throughout all of his movies. In fact, we just did a whole Carpenter marathon where we watched all of his movies, starting with Dark Star, who the director of this film was the art director mm. on Dark Star. Mm. If you guys haven't seen that, that's super duper fun. Weird, but pre-Alien. So it's pretty good. So Tom helps out Daisy Nelkin, who's Ellie Grimbridge, who lost her father. Stacy seems to be a little weird in real life. Really? According to Yeah, so get get maybe it's her teeny tiny nose. <laughs> but she was also married to Barry Botswick, which who I was super excited about. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's sexy. Yeah, especially around like 70s. Uh-huh. Late 70s, early 80s. I'm, I'm down with Team Botswick. He's the guy Susan Sarandon's engaged to in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Brad! Yeah, he's on Spin oh. City. Wait, Spin City? He's in Tidy Whities in Rocky Horror Picture Show on those glasses. Yeah, he is. Oh, wait, is he the white-haired guy in Spin City? Yeah, he's the mayor. Yeah. Oh, I love or, that guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he, did, okay. he did things to me when I was younger. Like, <laughs> man, he didn't do things to me, but like the the... I was like, ooh, Brad and Rocky Horror Picture Show. I was like, I just love this movie. I don't know why. I'm I'm surprised you never went for the guy in the gold. Rocky? Because I guess, yeah, Rocky. I just like, I like an intellectual, you know, not just like. 
big and fast. <laughs> is he an intellectual because he has glasses? Yes. <laughs> That's all you need. I mean, a good pair of glasses. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm sorry I'm not wearing mine today, guys. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to get it with you, so. <laughs> <laughs> today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> so anyway, Stacey Nelkin, today she is a self-styled relationship expert. She has her own YouTube channel. She's currently a drug and alcohol abuse counselor, so I don't know what she's doing. But anyway. She's, she's a terrible actress. She's not great. So, yeah, her and Tom Atkins, in this movie, Tom Atkins was 47 years old. Stacy was 23. That's a 24-year age difference. Before they kiss in that dirty motel, had that was that like the same day that they met like or she comes back come to the bar to meet up with him is that like the next day it's not the same day at all because they have the timeline in the days leading up yeah, to there's Halloween. a lot of timelines in this movie it's like one hour later needed... <laughs> 36 minutes later okay you know what really bothered me about all the time things where it's like don't forget to watch at nine o'clock i was like first off if it is a school night, which it, it was, was a Sunday. Sunday, it was a Sunday. <laughs> that is late. And then I was like, "You're showing us all these cities across the United States that, that all are look like Los Angeles. Different, yes, that all look like LA, <laughs> but they're all in different time zones. Were you expecting children on the East Coast to stay up till midnight? Like, I was clearly looking to just punch holes in this, and I was yeah. like, if it was airing at 9 p.m. On- Eastern time, wouldn't there have been this sudden, like, millions of children dead? And I was like, actually, don't, 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 don't. That's a good point. I don't think, I don't think they took into account the time differences. I mean. Or why they, in the world of this movie, it didn't matter, right? They established the world of this movie and it didn't matter. They established the world of this movie. I, okay, I want to go back, I want to go back to them having sex. Yes, (laughs) please, of course. So, like, they go to this motel and he's like, do you want me to sleep in my, in my car? And. I should get my own room. What, what do you want? And then he just goes over there and kisses her. And it's just like, Okay. And I think she was prepared. She, she was had prepared. that black lingerie did. thing. Why would she have lingerie was, with her? I don't know. That was always my problem where I was like, did she bring that with her? And then maybe she get she this super herself, sexy guys. shot. Okay, maybe, yeah. it, maybe it just made her feel good. Maybe. But she has it on and you're supposed to have this like sexy shot of her. And then you get Tom Atkins back. And I'm like. <sighs> I mean, it's not a bad back, I guess. Ew. <laughs> I'm no. sorry. Again. This is so disproportionate. But the sex scene is just like so out of left field. And I was like, well, who, like, what is this? What's the purpose of this? Just to like have a sex scene in this movie. Because I guess if it's a horror movie, you need boobs. Really? I mean, I guess I don't watch enough horror, but is there a lot of stuff like that randomly slotted in there. I mean, like, I know in Friday yes. the 13th, like, lots of teenagers are having sex with each other and they get killed, but... It depends on what horror movie you're making because the current horror movies, like, a lot of mumble gore stuff right now or the A24 movies, like, Hereditary and Midsummer, like, where films or horror films have been going lately, it's not quite viewed this way, but it's considered bad taste not to have boobies, mm. at least, in a horror movie. That's why they're always just kind of shoved in there when you're not really paying attention. I want more penises. 
I do too. <laughs> I want some more butts. Want some more butts. Actually, you know what? I want that that V that men oh, get yes, with yes. the muscles, with the you know. I want that. Yeah, and some really good like jaw your, lines. Yeah, I love a good jaw. Oh, I thought you meant for yourself, and I was like, oh yeah, I would love to have that. Oh god, no, I don't want that's that. Too much work. No, I, I want. Me, I want no, to objectify. So we're in our late thirties, so that's like. <laughs> It's not going to happen. I'm not yet. I've got oh, another right, few weeks. <laughs> another few weeks. Don't worry. You're joining us in our creep oh. towards death. <laughs> okay, so Graham, you seem to enjoy the sex scene. I, well, it, I, enjoy is not the word. It's. It's. I was just like I. It you was. It was laughably. No it was just laughable. But I was happy that I was able to just be like, oh, my, bro- oh, brother. <laughs> I know. I also read that apparently Stacy had a no nipple clause, even though I feel like you saw her nipple. I, I feel like you saw both their nipples. But I read that she said she had a no nipple clause. And that's why Tom Atkins was like his mouth was like suctioning it, was hoovering it. If you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Why do you think it's run by a man called Hoover? <laughs> well done. I mean, okay, so I kind of want to dive into thinking about this sex scene and diving into the idea of what if she was an automaton all along? Yeah. Which part of me is like, okay, I don't get that. But when I think about how awkward she was and not the greatest acting, but just just like the way she was reacting to the sex scene and like remember when she comes out of the shower and she like grabs the towel and then wraps herself in that dirty hotel blanket and i'm just like is it because she's really cold because her insides are made out of metal but if she was a robot she wouldn't feel cold right yeah y'all she's not a robot come on no also because that would be a lot of like so for connell cochran to care enough to make her a robot just to fool some drunk doctor, like that—that that seems too much work. Because she's yeah. obvious. I mean, obviously she's a robot at the end. She's killed. Yes. I mean, my, yeah, I thought she, she was killed by these people, and then they, you they know, fast tracked her with reason. a robot. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that whole thing <laughs> with the. Oh my god. With her arm, her arm and like how she won't die. Her arm is ripped off. Then her head's knocked off, and then the arm is somehow still functioning and chokes him, which I loved. <laughs> And I then the rest of her body I'm comes like, back and her other hand. Yeah, is good. yeah. I kept thinking, I'm like, they had really weird sex not less than 24 hours ago. He's going to take that arm home with him. Oh my and that's God. where you get the fleshlight. <laughs> I laugh really. I'm sure what a fleshlight does, Katie. <laughs> I know. So the Stonehenge. And yes. So... They somehow have stolen a piece of Stonehenge. I mean, this is foreshadowed earlier in the movie where there's a, a news thing about it. Yes. But like, I guess it was lost oh, there on was. me. Did I totally miss that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yes, was a it news... was like the opening scene. Yeah. I gotta pay more attention. But there was like, I, I guess I didn't understand why... So the, the intention was to have this mass sacrifice to something? Yes, yes I can explain. Yes, please. Okay, so... This is all about the Samian. Uh, I apologize if I'm saying that incorrectly. The Samian sacrifice to appease Celtic gods. So for the Celts who lived during the Iron Age in what is now Ireland, Samian, which I guess literally means in modern Irish, summer's end, mark the end of summer and kicks off the Celtic New Year. So during this festival... 
during that time, the world of the gods was believed to be made visible to humankind, leading to supernatural tricks and trouble. And there were like ghosts and dead spirits from the other world were thought to return to Earth. So to appease all these deities and these ghosts during this time, sacrifices like generally of crops and animals were burned in bonfires as, you know, protective measures. So I guess this was kind of like a modern day Samhain. Does that make sense? Yes, like, yes. because Halloween is kind of Halloween, the holiday is, you know, kind of connected to this because there were like tricks and pranks that were often blamed on the fairies. Yes. I was just about to say, can this be related to the fairies and how, Graham, I'm pretty sure you told me you once wanted to study like the history of fairies. Was that you? Was that somebody else in college? I just want, you know, uh, homosexuals. That's what I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, you told me you're like, I'm no, I actually I did a lot of reading. I did, some, I did some work, like uh, some studying on Irish folklore. Yeah. But I missed this lesson, apparently. I guess my problem, like, why not do it in Ireland? Why are they, why in America? Is it because, like, there's more children? Maybe there's less labor laws or there's easy, it's easy to import materials to make masks. I don't know. Also, those masks were busted. <gasps> I thought the masks were actually really I didn't good. like that. I was like, those aren't even cute. Like, why, all the children those were Those aren't wear, even but, cute. But, like, I didn't see, I guess... The appeal of were they just like hypnotized into buying these? Because I can't see any child being like, I no. want to buy those. So, first of all, do you remember what Halloween masks looked like in 1982? Because Tom Atkins gave his children two shitty ones at yes. the start of this movie. So, Halloween masks, these were actually the work of Don Post's Post Studio. He was the guy who made the Michael Myers mask, which was the re reworked Captain Kirk mask. So, same guy made made these as well, and they're baller. I don't, they're so I don't, much better no. than any Halloween mask that existed at the time. Yeah, Not now. I mean, they're ugly. I mean, I would never wear that. But like, Graham, no, like that witch mask was cool. Yeah. Okay, Graham. There's three of us, and there's three masks. Okay. Who would you assign to wear each mask? <gasps> oh, okay. So we have the witch. We have the pumpkin, and what's the third one? Like a the ghost? skeleton. Okay, skeleton. I would like to be the witch because. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure, you think they're terrible, but you pick the best mask. Yeah, Kitty, because of your hair today, I'm giving you the pumpkin. And God damn it. <laughs> Actually, that leaves you with the third one. <laughs> yes. Guys, that totally goes with my love of like skulls and shit. Yes. So, thank also, you. Katie, I know. Katie's hair is really big today. That's why. I can't help it. I don't I'm know. I'm just why. glad you weren't like, mm, Ashley, you're a redhead, so of course you get the pumpkin. No. <laughs> I guess I was just curious, like, how we're growing up with your Halloweens. Did you wear a lot of masks or like what, like, what your usual costumes would have been? Oh, I love this question. So, my mom made a lot of our costumes. Oh, really? You know, for me and all my brothers, she would usually, yeah, hand hand stitch or, or make them. Although, I was a Care Bear, like a big, giant pink Care Bear for like three years in a row. Which one? I don't know. Whatever the pink one is. Oh. What, what shape I don't know. was on your stomach? I don't remember. Right, so that's the my, I, I, I don't like pink. I don't know why I had it. What about you guys? I would love... What, I, I think I went as a zombie a couple of years and I just like would like put all that cheap makeup that you would buy from Walgreens oh, or whatever just all over yeah. my face. I would put on my dad's martial arts 
uniform <laughs> like from when he was like, younger because it fit for some reason. And then I would wear that. And I was Mickey Mouse one year. Hmm, oh, really? and Beetlejuice. I was Beetlejuice one year. <gasps> Shut up. But it was, That's awesome. but y'all, it was one of those really cheap plastic head to toe ones you would buy. And I had that, a really, really ugly face mask that they kind of show in the beginning that he gives to his children. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it was based off of the cartoon series. Ashley, what about you? I don't have a memory of ever wearing a mask as part of a costume. I think I did as a really young kid. It's like a two or three year old. I have like a vague memory of that. But oh, I'm trying to remember what I would go as. In first grade, I was Pippi Longstocking, of course. Coming That's into awesome. The world. Right? My mom put wire <laughs> in my hair and my braids. Yes. Um, Wait, have, have we all seen that movie, by the way? No. The Pippi. Put it on the list. Oh my God, we have. Put it to. on the list. Oh my God. Put it on the list. I was a mime in third grade. <laughs> oh my I really God. wanted to be a mime. Was that your, was that your decision? That was my decision. Mm-hmm. That's so odd. What kid wants I was to be just, a mime? So weird. <laughs> and then one year I wore like a poodle skirt. And I remember that year so distinctly. Oh. Oh, she's she's stuck. She's frozen. Frozen in time. <laughs> oh no. Ashley's making a point. We can't hear her. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm back. What happened? Yeah, you- Team, did I ever tell you about how I think that there's a ghost in our apartment? Mm. No. Okay. Straight up, I think there's a ghost in our apartment. Occasionally, just weird things happen. And, like, there was literally... I'm in the middle of telling you about my costumes. And there's a... Like, all power flickers off and then on again. And then you froze. But, like, GarageBand is still recording. All this... It was really weird. My printer just turned back on. You know we can find an answer to that, right? Can we? Does your mom have to come out and be the medium and, like... She can do it over the phone. Okay. What? I'm a little bit scared. So wait, Graham, you know about my mom being a medium. What? Right? You, oh, you I told not? you this. Oh my you god. Have never told me this. This is going um, in the have podcast. Have you ever seen Katie's picture when we were in London and like the ghost hand? With the hand? No. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, Graham. Wait, wait. Okay. Pa- okay, hold on. Okay. Hold the damn phone. Hold the damn phone. All right. Okay. Okay. Hold the zoom. <laughs> hold the zoom. <laughs> it's something that she's been able to do uh, she's frozen since again, by the way. Damn it. Y'all, do you believe that there's a ghost in my house? We're trying to talk about it, and all these things keep happening. Okay. So, Graham, like I was saying, my mom is a trained medium. Like, she has gone to classes and done training, and it's something she's been able to do since she was a little kid, and as time has gone on, she kind of, like, honed it a little bit. And I have some examples. Oh, my God. Spill. One time I had, like, a friend over for dinner... And they were just, you know, it was, it was just, just talking with my parents. And my mom, like, stops, and she's like, did you have a grandfather that passed away? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I had, I had both of my grandfathers have passed away. And she's like, well, I th- there's one of them that's kind of saying something. She's like, did, did he have a powder blue car? And my friend just kind of like stopped for a second. He's like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's, that's the car that was my grandfather's. He loved that car. That's the car that I inherited when he <gasps> passed away. And I went to the prom in that car. Oh, my God. 
There's another instance. This one, this one's a little morbid, but it's equally as creepy. So I was, I was speaking with a friend of mine, another friend of mine in New York, and this is how I know she can do it over the phone, actually, because she did this over the phone. He, I knew that a close friend of his had passed away, and I didn't know the reasoning around it. I didn't know anything. I just knew yeah. that he was having a hard time. So I said, well, let's go to a bar and meet up and, you know, we can talk about it. And I just want to make sure you're okay. So I get to the bar. My friend's late. So I'm outside and I'm waiting and I'm on the phone with my mom. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm meeting this friend whose friend passed away and he's having a hard time with it. And my mom stops over the phone and she's like, did he die of a heart attack? And I said, probably not. Like my, this is like a young guy, like yeah. 20, early 20s. And I was like, it was probably, you know, drugs or car accident or whatever. But I said, but I'll let you know. And I talked to my friend and apparently it was a heart attack. <gasps> and it, his friend kind of had this heart attack out of nowhere, oh passed God. away right in front of him. Oh, yeah, it was, it was he was really struggling with it at the time. So he he told me that, and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I just felt really bad because it was it was right there, and it was a heart attack. That is so, insane. So I call, my, I call my mom afterwards and tell her, I was like, you were right, it was, it was a heart attack. And she said, yeah, uh, you know, he's telling me to tell your friend he's sorry he had to watch him die. <gasps> And I said, Mom, I didn't tell you that it was oh, right in front of him. Why does your mom not have a show? Uh, she, she used to watch all that stuff, <laughs> like, like the crossing over. and God. Yeah, there's, all, there's a few other so stories, Ashley, too. So, Ashley, get on the phone with, with Katie's mom. So, Ashley, yes. yes. My mom, okay. my mom can, can do it over the phone. So, okay. call my mom. <laughs> she will tell you if there's a ghost. I'm, like, a little scared to have your mom tell me what's going on. That's fine. People, there's some people who don't do super well with it. Like, there's part of me that is, like, slightly kidding, but, like, also thinks it might be real. (laughs) I'm like, Okay, well, the the last thing I wanted to talk about for Halloween 3 was the demonstration scene. So the scene where the family with their son go into the test room and you get to see what happens when you put the mask on and you get to hear the song. Now, Graham, since this was new to you, what did you think was going to happen? I thought that it was just going to be like a zap and a kid would just keel over. Okay. And it would just be like, oh, no, my kid's dead. And like they would come in and like shoot the parents to like keep them quiet. Or I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was not expecting that at all. You're not expecting a mass of insects and snakes. Oh, man, every time I watch it, there's something new that I didn't see before in that scene. It's mainly just the details in the kid's face with, like, the snake coming out and then his hand still moving. Yeah, that was creepy. So it's a very disturbing death scene. Yeah. But it's one of the scenes that, again, I don't remember the first time I saw this movie, but I know that my dad was the one who kind of always talked to me about it. And he was like, yeah, the scene with, you know, the Halloween that doesn't fit into the other ones and the kid that gets, you know, the mask and his I got all the bugs and stuff. So I knew it from what dad telling me, but I wish I could see it for the first time I just thought, I felt really bad for the parents. Like, what horrible thing to see. Like, the last thing you see before you die is, like, your kid's face basically exploding with with stuff. Like, the mom just fainted. Obviously, she's then killed, but, like... 
Yeah, I had the same thought. She fainted, but then she's got a snake crawling over her head. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I'm assuming yeah. she died at some point. And I did like the shot of them watching it from the control room, and it, like, it was like black and white, and just the bodies on the ground. That was cool. I think that there was so much potential with this story that with a tighter screenplay or in the hands of different people, it would have been a really cool idea. But I just think in execution, it like that scene had so much more like that could have what the movie could have been more about. Well, that's a good point, especially because when you're watching this and when you look at John Carpenter's catalog, this is very similar in theme and some story tones to They Live. Mm. Because oh my God, there's that movie's also, great. I know that movie's fantastic. It's also about a conspiracy. It's about like you've got the masks in this movie, but you've got the sunglasses and they live. You know, you've got a bunch of people trying to affect a large population. So there's it, maybe there was something that you know John Carpenter just took the golden nuggets from this one yeah. and evolved them into They Live. I, I read that Joe Dante was the original director that was going to be involved in this and and he ended up leaving the project and went on mm-hmm. to, to do gremlins and and <laughs> i was like well it would have been really interesting to see what his take of this would have been because he's got that hand in camp with so much of what he does i mean gremlins the first one's scary yeah gremlins 2 is a masterpiece <laughs> but it would yes, be interesting to true. see that kind of play with his with his interpretation of it yeah i wish this had been this had been better received because then I think maybe people would have invested in its future Mm. development a bit more but also there was a novelization that was actually widely more successful so this film's novelization was hella successful Um, isn't that they basically like say like yeah all these kids died like he didn't he couldn't mm -hmm. save them in time yes so at the end the end is left ambiguous but there were several different endings filmed and one of them is you know so you got Tom Atkins and he says stop and then, and then you get to cut to credits. But in another version, he says stop, and then you hear children screaming, mm-hmm. which is, of course, Ooh. less ambiguous. So I thought it, I, know. I thought it was interesting how the last stop, he's like looking at the camera. I'm like, oh, don't look at the camera. I That's know. cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, stop, you just, America. <laughs> you just hate breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah, so, Graham, it doesn't seem like you would ever watch this again. No, I would never watch this again. (laughs) It just was not a pleasant experience for me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't do it on purpose. No, I mean, I think think having just even read the synopsis, I would have wanted to watch this because it is very interesting. I had heard about it years ago. I just was like, oh, this is just a really, not cheap, but it's just not well made and... I just, ugh, it didn't, it left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Well, anytime you hear London Bridge is falling down or you hear that song right. again, you will be instantly transported yes. back. It is a fucking earworm. I okay. know. Well, and then, but they had to use they it. Be- they had to use it because, like, it was free. They yes. used that melody. Yeah. Yes. So, Ashley, would you watch this again? I don't know. I mean, I've seen it twice now, and <laughs> that's, enough. that's enough. It's like for films like this that I'm not like, oh my god, ugh, you know, and it didn't yeah. super draw me in. I would want to know more about the conspiracy theories behind the film, or like the ideas, mm. or fan fan theories, or whatever else, and then I would watch it with that 
lens. Mm-hmm. But Interesting. if somebody's like, hey, do you want to watch this? I'd be like, no, no. let's pick something else. Let's pick. I get it. The Care Bears I get movie. it. <laughs> well, I'm glad I was able to rope not only the three of you, but did Brandon watch it? No, he was like, I'm going to go read on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> did, Bob, did Bob watch it? Oh, yeah. I mean, we watched okay. this with Bob's, his two best friends. We watched it again. We did like an outdoor on like socially distanced, watched it in the back of their yard on the side of their house. And like Bob's best friend, Patrick, owns Halloween 3. And so we actually got to like watch some of the features. And I was like, oh, DVD features. Yeah. I miss That's that with awesome. all the streaming I'm doing. Yeah. So no, they'll watch anything. They're... There, are, I mean, if we want to go down the road of bad horror at some point, I got a ton of suggestions from okay. them because there's some weird stuff that we've watched. But bring it on! Uh, well, I'm glad that I was able to subject at least six people. Yeah, to <laughs> oh, Phoebe movies. watched it. <gasps> Seven. Yeah, Hawk was watching it. But he was okay. more. She said it was rough. Phoebe's <laughs> oh a dog. <laughs> Well, Ashley, do you want to give us a preview of our episode for next week's spooky, scary film? I'm going to give you the the briefest of previews. Next time, we are watching a remake of the classic Night of the Living Dead. We're watching the 1990 remake, which I was just trying to find a horror movie that Katie had not seen. Like, I, I knew I would probably be able to find something Graham had, but I was like, I really just want to find one that Katie hasn't seen. There's tons I've not seen. I'm sure there are, but, like, it just it felt like a coup that I was like, oh, there's one I've seen that you haven't, you know? I'm I'm running into that same problem for the two of you when I try to come up with our holiday movies, so. Know, oh, my that's, God. That's yeah, going to be tough. That's going to be hard. I know. It's going to be hard. I know. Yeah, so we're, we're watching the 1990 version of Night of the Living I Dead, and I just got to say, the bar Barbara in this version is just, she's a bit more kick-ass. So get ready for that. Okay. So and she doesn't need anybody to come get her. Get it? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. They're coming to get you, Barbara. They're coming to get you, Barbara, is You'll like the classic it's, line. It's I've never okay. seen any of these. Yeah. So it's a whole new world for me. Yeah. Well, I'm embarrassed for you right now, Cram. But... Oh, Katie. <laughs> it's good. Let's enjoy right. this movie. <laughs> Well, thank you guys all for for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Mwah. Bye. 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 Let Me Introduce You is a podcast hosted by Graham Veth, Katie Kubert, and Ashley Crone. Music by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Make sure to follow the Let Me Introduce You podcast on Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter at Let Me Intro You.